and I'm Olivia. We're here to take you back to your, your twilight, twilight phase. Uh, how are you guys? I good. I'm still chilly. <laughs> Listeners, we're recording at Olivia's house today, and I swear to God, I followed the instructions on Google Maps, but I ended up way on the other side of Manhattan. Uh, and I got off the train, I texted her, like, I don't know where the fuck I am, but it is not by your house. <laughs> not my house. <laughs> so I walked half an hour to get uh, here. Google's confusing sometimes, but at least you made it. Really glad. Thank you. I made it here right on time and correctly, so. I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure you were late. Pretty sure you Whatever. were like, 10 minutes late. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we're all here together and that's what matters. Yeah. Olivia, how are you? I'm great. I want to say, because of the way that it all came together, we didn't, like, truly hype up our last mini-sode quite properly, but we had Cass Morgan on. Like, holy crap. Cass Morgan! That's amazing. We had Cass Morgan. And, like, if you don't know her name, you do know The Hundred, which is both her fantastic books and the adapted CW TV show. She's so beloved and famous, and she was on her podcast. And you know what? Not even Twilight got a TV show. That's true. There's, like, way more The Hundred, like, visual media out there than Twilight, because even if you add up all the movies, that's not as long as Not that much content. Yeah. I'm just glad the cast was here if you should go listen to our mini-set if you didn't listen to it. I mean, yeah, we talk about Twilight, so... Yes. And she had very incredible opinions about uh, both vampires and, like, why everybody hated Twilight so much. She's so smart. Yeah, honestly, I got a haircut yesterday, and I was telling my hairdresser about our podcast, and she was like, why did everyone make fun of Twilight? And I just repeated what Cass said as if I came up with it, because it was so convincing, but yep. I felt like I had thought that way all along. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I am. So go listen. That's Yeah. So, we have a very exciting email to share. We have heard, again, from our best friend, Monica. Hey! Thank you, Monica, for writing in. This is what she says. Uh, that she's not the same Monica from <laughs> Melissa's cast? No. Oh, from, no, from, from my, Olivia's cast. From Olivia's cast. Uh, that's okay, Monica. We still accept you. We're glad you came back. Uh, and then she sent photos of her 13th birthday party that was themed around Breaking Dawn. Amazing. I don't know oh, if we can post I'm these anywhere or not. Monica, I'm going to email you about this. <laughs> but we're, I'm going to talk you guys through the photos so that if you never get to see them, you can feel like you're there. The first one is this gorgeous homemade cake that has, it has chess pieces on it. It's like the Breaking Dawn cover. cover. Those are definitely real chess pieces, though, like, on top of this homemade, beautiful, chess-themed birthday cake. Which means that somebody had to procure a red pawn. Yeah, that's true. Or very convincingly painted Painted. with, like, a lovely sheen. (laughs) I mean, I'm convinced that it's red. Oh, somebody loved you, Monica. Yeah, deep loved. Unless you made your own, and in that case, you loved yourself just the way that you needed to. Yeah. There are 13 candles around the top in a way, like a configuration that would be very hard to blow out in one, <laughs> in one go. Gust. So I like the uh, the challenge that was set for you on your birthday. Then it seems that this party included t-shirt decorating, which is extremely fun. Classic. One of the, the guests, or perhaps it was you, Monica, <laughs> is sporting some sick-ass tie-dye. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, one of the shirts says Edward, and it has two fangs and blood coming yes. down. It's art. And one of them says, I love Jasper. So, like, real early. Everybody knew what they were about. And the S has a line through it, so it kind of looks like a dollar sign. <laughs> hey! Like, I, too, would go for Jasper if I could get that colored money. <laughs> and then there's one. Love it. That's kind of hard to read, but says, Team Edward, dot, 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 forced. Believe that this means that someone was forced to be on Team Edward. I suppose. Uh, then a squiggle line. Then it says, Mommy! Which I don't understand. Uh, I don't get it, but I support it. Then it says, yay! And then it says, kill Bella. Kill Bella. Kill Bella. <laughs> Someone will. Twice. Maybe maybe they were, like, yeah. so Team Edward that they needed to get Bella out of the picture. Maybe this is, like, a Renesmee reference? But mommy? Mommy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe so. I don't know. So, I think we should jump in. I agree. This week, we read chapters 16 through 18. Uh, Melissa, do you want to run us through it? I want to run you through it. So we start with chapter 16, which is just titled Carlisle, and it's really just a chapter going into Carlisle's whole uh, deal. He becomes a vampire. He becomes, you know, very devout, I would say, in his vampirism. Um, And we get to uh, hear all about it. And that's that's that chapter. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. Um, and then we go into what I think in my teenage self thought was the most exciting chapter, <laughs> which is the baseball game. Baseball! <laughs> chapter 17, the game. Um, yeah, we get to play baseball here. Oh. They go to, they go to Bella's house. They go to the Bella's house, starts, right. And they do see and Jacob. And they see Jacob and Billy, Billy again. Oh man, I keep forgetting that they're like here. Yeah, that's um, why that's why they gotta show up. They gotta while. show up every time. That's because while. despite Billy's best efforts to affect the plot, he does not effectively affect the plot. That's at true. all. Yep. Um Ooh, she talks to Jess a little bit. We get more of her not being a good friend. The usual. Um Oh yeah, Edward meets Charlie. Yes. We'll get into it. I forgot all about that. Read a lot of was... fan fiction about scenes. <laughs> It's truly a great moment. It's not a long one, but so important. Um, and then they go back to Edward's house, and, you know, there's a storm, and so they play some baseball, and it's very dramatic. Um, and then uh, we get to 18, the hunt, which is when our main antagonists show up. Finally show up. Yeah. Laurent, Victoria, and James. Um, a weird little trio who apparently showed up because they wanted to play baseball. Um, I'm going to talk about more of that later. <laughs> like a buddy comedy of those three and their <laughs> hijinks. Oh, God. Um, and basically they just, like, all meet each other. And I think then at the end of this chapter uh, is when James is like, Oh, shit. Bella also smells yummy. Um, and they're like, shit, we got to do something about this. We got to run away. The danger begins. Right? We gotta start planning some shit. Yeah. I'm about to be tracked. Um, and that's what happens. And that's, that's what happens. happens. Um, so, chapter 16, Carlisle. I think that I... This chapter isn't really that bad, but I think it has become in my mind, like... I just think of it as that one chapter with too much backstory. Like, I think the same way of um, Harry Potter, book five, when there's that entire chapter where Hagrid describes going to the giants. Yes. 
And you just like sit there and listen to somebody tell a story. And for some reason, that's a very boring thing to do. You're right. It is. No, that's true. It lacks immediacy. What we really get about Carlisle in this is like the reasoning behind his philosophy. That's true. And that's good, but also like not wanting to kill people like kind of is enough. I don't need more. Well, and we also don't really hear it from Carlisle. Like, Edward is talking about it. Which is, like, more interesting because you care about Edward more than you care about Carlisle, but Edward talking about his dad is, like, okay. Yeah. It's, like, whatever. We are introduced to the Volturi. Oh, yeah. Actually, let's just run through Carlisle's story really quickly. Because some people might not actually be reading along. Or maybe they skim through this so hardcore that they forget. I skip it every time I reread it, so... (laughs) So, Carlisle's dad was, like, a preacher, and he totally... In London in the 1650s. Yeah, so, it was a long time ago. Okay, Carlisle's ancient. Uh, And his dad was a preacher, and he believed in vampires because vampires were real, and he found some real vampires, and Carlisle was like, well, we gotta go get them, and the vampire started to eat Carlisle because... Carlisle was in way over his head, let's be honest. Uh, But then he got distracted because there were just so many people that he could eat, so he went and he ate those other people, and Carlisle was left alone. So he crawls into a bin of rotting potatoes, (laughs) stays silent for three days, wakes up, and is like, Aw, man! I'm a vampire now! (laughs) I feel like, how do you, like, know? I mean, in Breaking Dawn, when Bella changes... Like everything about her, her experience. Yeah, her of whole the world experience is different. is different. It's true. But like, how do you know? Well, and he knew that it was a vampire. I guess he also believed. Yeah. Yeah. He had. He's got the smarts. Yeah. And in this chapter, we really learn that Carlisle is what happens when you use your vampirism right. Like, he goes to medical school and he just learns everything about medicine. He does it right. But he's like and apparently he, the only person who does this. Yeah. Everybody else just, like... Was like, okay, guess I drink blood now. Yeah. <laughs> they run around and all they do is, I like, mean, drink blood. It is, like, a really traumatic thing to happen to you. So maybe it's just, like, well, if somebody can turn me into a vampire, what's what really matters in this world? And I guess there's not really, like, a therapist who can help you through it. <laughs> no. So true. And even Bella, as a human, was like, well, it's just, like, you know, you're, like, a predator. Why don't you just, like, do the predator thing? Like, that's what you are. I really think, though, that that's a sign that Bella's perspective is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, because they have human sentience. Like, right. No one, like, and, a, a, and past. Yeah. If a lion killed a human, it's like, well, look, the human is being stupid and got into the lion enclosure. enclosure. It's not the lion's fault. But if a vampire kills a human, it's like, what the fuck? Well, like, and a lion didn't be born like a lion wasn't born as a lamb and then transform into a lion violently the <laughs> lion has always been a lion that's true oh that's beautiful isn't it? <laughs> was it <laughs> so edward is describing this and he says he began to make better use of his time he'd always been intelligent eager to learn now he had unlimited time before him he studied by day Sorry, sorry, my bad. He studied by night, planned by day. He swam to France, and Bella interjects, he swam to France? People swim the channel all the time, Bella. 
You reminded me patiently. This I is so obnoxious. So patronizing. I selected this as my worst sentence. <laughs> yes. Because she's finally asking, like, she's not even asking questions. She's just reacting to a normal story and being like, um, he swam to France. And he's like, yeah, people swim to France, Bella. It's like, not for travel purposes. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the fascinating little tidbit that vampires don't need to breathe. Yeah, we finally get some real information. Like, thank you for telling us. For mentioning it. Because now we can look back at the biology scene and be like, Edward, what if you had gone to the bathroom, you know, gotten her smell out of your nose, and then held your breath the rest of the time? I know. Seems, seems very straightforward. Just stop breathing. Like, Just nobody's breathing. nobody's watching each other and being like, Melissa, are you breathing right now? I really can't tell. Are you alive? Just, like, move your shoulders a little bit. True. <laughs> okay. He, said, he says it's uncomfortable to go without a sense of smell. And Bella's like, yeah, it sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> but also they don't eat. Well, they eat blood. I guess that counts. I was yeah. going to say, like, do they really need to, like, he just needs to smell because he's a predator. But, like, he's sitting in biology. He doesn't need to smell things. Right. How do their taste buds work? Good question. Like, they can taste blood because yeah, it tastes their good. Smell, well, their smell is very, like, their senses are all very good. Yeah, but, like, if they chewed a piece of pizza, it wouldn't be, I don't, would they taste Maybe it? Maybe they do no, taste, they taste it. it. No, he, no, said, he said, said it was, like, cardboard. like, cardboard. That makes no sense. That's just illogical. What maybe taste maybe it's because they don't like it, and so your brain is just like, "What is this?" I, I like, don't care about it. Like, like it doesn't like, sustain like, you in any way. So right. why are you putting it into your? Why body? are you consuming this? Right. Like maybe physically and biologically, it tastes the same as pizza tastes, but his brain has no reason to enjoy it. Maybe blood is just so delicious <laughs> that in comparison, says is gross. Yeah, no. maybe. Like Bella already said apple. that blood. Is gross, so. I mean. She's a human. She's a okay, human. Okay, but still. But, great point. Another. <laughs> Excellent comment. Now that we're, still. now that we're thinking about vampire biology too hard, which always goes poorly very fast, they, have we established that they don't have any, like, is there only bodily fluid venom? Is that true, or is that, like, a thing that I picked up? That's I true? believe that that is not true, and... It, okay, so at one point, it seemed that that's what Stephanie Meyer was saying, that all of their bodily fluids are replaced with venom. Yeah. So that's what the fandom believed, but then Bella got it. pregnant. Well, besides, I mean, aside from aside that from fact, that. <laughs> it's supposedly everything is venom, right? Yeah, everything so, else. But, right, but this doesn't just hold up because... Semen, just that doesn't hold up because I was thinking about saliva and how you need saliva in order to taste things, but... If, like if that's venom, then she's so, getting like, venom when they make out, and that makes no sense. So that so, all like, falls when apart. We, like, well, that's why apart. he's so careful when he kisses her. It's closed mouth. I bet that's I, not I supported by the canon. <laughs> oh, I think it is. You think there's never? I mean, I believe that Stephanie Meyer never mentions any tongue. I no, they definitely have tongue. We've gone <sighs> over a part where they have tongue. How do I not In remember this book? In this book, I wish I could In control F. The word tongue <laughs> and find out for sure right now. Can we get an like e-book? we find a pirated copy and it's like, hey, we're not sharing it. 
We're not. This is for we're intellectual. I'm just control but... finding the word talk. Anyway, then Edward is like. <laughs> Maya's done. <laughs> Talking about vampire biology is not even worth doing. Let's it move on. It doesn't make any doesn't sense. doesn't hold up. None okay, of it wait, holds up. I did have a question. So, like, when you tear apart a vampire, then, yeah. do they, like, spew venom? They definitely don't spew blood. That's that's very much established. I don't think they spew anything. I we'll get to this later. Right. I believe. I'm trying to remember if we saw spewage in the movie. I I think it it goes in like chunks. Like they're yes. like solid rock. They're just the like marble. Yeah, yeah. There's no bodily fluids. Like if you rip a person <laughs> in half, it's it's very messy. It's bad. A vampire. It's just like oh, very there's, clean. There's the two parts. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Because they can, like, can't they, like, smoosh back together? Yeah, I can't wait to talk about, about that. <laughs> smooshing? Next section. Okay, great. Yeah. Talk about week. it later. Yeah. Because I have thoughts on that. <laughs> okay. So then, Edward is like, I just am scared that I'm going to tell you something that's, like, too scary and you're going to run away from me screaming. And Bella's like, that's never going to happen. And I want to dig into this, because we know that Edward keeps information from Bella that he just, like, doesn't want her to know. On purpose, yeah. Yes. And it seems like he should just tell her, he should just lay out all the vampire things for her. Like, hey. Well, I think he, I mean, he is obviously at war with himself. Like, Edward both wants to be with Bella and understands that that's a bad decision for her and so he is constantly saying like oh you shouldn't be with me you shouldn't be with me and so the like self-preservation piece of him that actually does want to be with her stops him from telling her all the gory details that a rational human would be like yeah i'm out i think you're right that that's what's happening but i'm like edward if she is trying to enter this world and this life with you, she needs to be able to do so, like, fully understanding. She needs I to mean, know. I think that there is also a part of him that's afraid that, she, you know, since she's so blase about this, so she's just going to be like, okay, make me a vampire. Which, Maybe. like, she is. Yeah, Maybe. that is the plot. That's true. He's, like, also scared. He's scared of any reaction that she has. You're right. <laughs> like, it could go either way, and both ways are bad for him. Exactly. Edward's a big baby. He is a big So, boy. like, he's just like, I'm not, I'm just not gonna say just anything. not dollar. <laughs> and, as we've established several times, Bella almost never asks for information. Right. That's true. I don't know if she just, like, doesn't think of those questions that she should be asking, or if she's, like, so distracted. Ooh, she decided that she's already all in. Right. <laughs> Regardless. Or, or if it's that she is worried about upsetting Edward. Or if she's afraid of upsetting Edward, so she just doesn't bring it up. That's real. Fair. So then... <clears throat> so then we hear about Carlisle. Um, he spends a very long time trying to not kill people, and he ends up meeting the Volturi. So we hear about the Volturi for the first time. Some um, plot set up. Yes. For once, she introduces us to information that we will need later. <laughs> Their names are Arrow, Marcus, and Caius, nighttime patrons of the arts. I would love to know uh, what research Stephanie did to come up with these names. Because <laughs> they're good. Oh, yeah. Um, these when, are great. When I have to come up with names for places that I'm not familiar with, I just Google top baby names of place, comma, year. 
Um, and that's what I use. Yep. <laughs> we do a lot of naming dogs in our line of work. <laughs> that's true. It's a lot of like top dog names, and then you pick one that's just quirky enough. Or you like pick a pick a topic and find the cutest word. Yeah. Related to that topic. Very true. Absolutely. Um, so Carlisle spends just a few decades, just, you know, a quick, quick we'll, pop in. We'll pop two, three seconds in his time. Really? And he likes how, like, civilized and permanent they are, but they are not pacifists. They think he's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, I am just so lonely, I'm going to try the new world. Which is, like, such an old-fashioned way for Edward to describe Carlyle's thinking in this moment. <laughs> he decided to go to the New World, so he does, and he goes to Chicago. He can start practicing medicine because people don't believe in vampires anymore. We, like, had, um, what's that movement that the, like, Protestants went through? The religious wave. Uh, uh, the Scarlet Letter. They had this. Yeah. That the Puritan shit. Yeah, they were Puritans, I want to say. It's like that, like, religious movement where everyone got hyper-religious. They got, they all got hyper-religious and believed that, like, the devil was walking around on Earth and they believed... Oh, the Red Scare? No, that's not communism. (laughs) (laughs) They, like, believed in, like, all this shit and then it died down and everyone kind of chilled out a bunch, you know? So after that, People didn't believe in vampires anymore. That was like, oh, what an old-fashioned belief. And so he could start doing medicine. And, and that then, is the 1900s. And then we get Edward's backstory, finally. Yeah. And his parents die, and Carl takes care of them, so he, like, knows that Edward is alone, which is extremely sad. And he's like, look, this kid, you know, this is the one. Why this kid and not any of the other orphan children of the epidemic? Who's to say? I mean, maybe they, like, had some connection before Edward died. Like, he doesn't say that, but he is his doctor for an indeterminate amount of time. They could have had some kind of connection. I wish that we got this story from Carlisle's perspective, because I would love to know, like, like, you know, Rosalie's story about finding Emmett, it's like, you know, he looked so much like my best friend's child. I just wanted to save him. Like, there are so, like, we could get his thought process and it would be so cool. Like, he waited, whatever, 200 years. Yeah, there were, there were sick orphans before Edward. Yeah. What I always, like, stopped on is the fact that Carlisle was always also very against himself being a vampire and that's why he went his whole, you know, like, sort of Puritan way. Right. And then, but like, and then he makes Edward and he, like, doesn't even ask him. Nope. It's true. He's just I like, think, I'm going to do this thing that I, I mean, hated. Being lonely for 200 years. Yeah, with, you could still without ask. Even, without even being able to sleep. You could still <laughs> ask. You could ask. That's true. It, it, it's it's true. not like you're telling the secret. Like, Edward right. is dying. He's going to die. Right. Like, you what could is, say, hey, kid. This is crazy, but. Right. I can give you immortal life. But things are gonna change, right? <laughs> and it's gonna be messed up. But I'm planning on taking care of you if you want to do right. that. And yeah. like, obviously, he's gonna get a delirious answer, but it will be an it answer. It would be an answer. And he could do so with, like, okay, like I've got my delirious yes. I'm gonna change him. If he wakes up and he's angry at me and he wants me to kill him, I'll do it. 
That's true. Yeah. Um, I am remembering I recently got the flu. It's part of why it was so long for us to have another episode. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you. And I did have a 102 degree fever, which isn't even that high. And I, I got like feverish. Like I didn't realize how uh, unreasonable, like just, I don't know, unaware I was being until after my fever came back down. And I was like, oh, I was worrying about that thing for like half an hour and I don't even understand what I meant. <laughs> so when you yes. say feverish, you mean like addled in the brain. Yes, I mean <laughs> addled in the brain. <laughs> like I was like delirious. I was like Whoa. a little bit delirious. Was anyone taking care of you? Uh for the day that I had a hundred and degree hundred and two degree fever, my boyfriend was working all day and could not stay home with me. So no, I was sitting on this couch. Don't worry, it was a long time ago. <laughs> uh just completely delirious and trying to decide if I should take medicine or not. I love the idea of you, like, looking around at this room and, like, <laughs> everything starts coming to life and giving you advice. The Christmas tree is like, just take the medicine. You'll feel better. And the lamp is like, no, burn the sickness out. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, like, hallucinating, but I was so sick that I couldn't even stand the idea of watching television. Oh, that's bad. Like, Damn. I was like, it'll hurt my brain. I can't, I can't turn it on. I had the flu as, like, a small child, and I was hospitalized over Christmas. No way. Uh, and I was so sick that I didn't want to open presents. Whoa. I, like, said, like, Chase can have them. No. Brother. I was like, just give them away. Like, everyone just be quieter. So maybe, wow. maybe yeah. our theory that he should have asked the Spanish influenza dying Edward what his opinion was is slightly flawed. Uh, but, but should it, still be done. But it would have been more than he got. It's like, hey, if you want to be turned into a vampire, continue dying. Blink once. <laughs> oh, he, he is continuing to die. <laughs> that is my consent. We're going to try it. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like, I don't know, does Edward really talk about how he, like, felt about it? I guess he talks about it a little we, bit. Yeah. He says that he, like, resented Carlisle for curbing his appetite. Yeah. Which was like, right. He called it his rebellious adolescence. Right. He, like, like, went out and started murdering people. Yeah, you're talking about murder. And then Bella's like, well, that sounds reasonable. (laughs) Literally, that is what she says. Um, And then, like, thank God, we finally get to Edward's room. (laughs) Yes. So well described. It's so great. It's all, it's like varying shades of like gold. Of course. And there's like a black leather sofa, but no bed because he doesn't sleep. Uh, details, we love them. <laughs> and one wall just like full of music. And one wall is all windows. Art. Amazing. Art. I do the love aesthetic. that we get to know how he orders his music. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Which is. Uh, by year and then by personal preference within that frame. How does she know that? He, you, she asks. She asks. Oh, he it. says that. You're yeah. Right, you're right. You're right. And so literally, he, they're just ordered by favorites within year, which is like, which I guess if you're a vampire, yeah, if you're a vampire, you know where it is anyway. But like, that's not searchable. <laughs> I mean, to that's be fair, organized. I keep my books sort of by genre. So they're almost searchable by other people, but, like, only in chunks. Year is too small. If it were, like, decade, it'd be different. It's like, okay, you go to the 50s, and then here's my favorite music of the 50s. Yeah. But, like, 
Oh, I'm gonna go to the 1952 section. <laughs> Here's my favorite of 1952. But also, like, it's who doesn't organize their music by genre? Like, that means that, like, it's just his favorite, but he's, like, comparing his I favorite. I definitely didn't have enough music to organize it anyway. That's true. All I had was Hilary Duff's Metamorphosis. Yes! <laughs> I, I like. I made a note that I was like, you know, vampires are so up and up on the technology. He probably is already de- legally streaming all of this shit or downloading it. I don't think he had streaming. Yet. <laughs> How uh, dare he? He has all the money in the world. If he is illegally that's downloading, true. <laughs> it's like they have infinite money. Yeah, iTunes supports iTunes existed at this time. Bare minimum, he needs to use iTunes and support the artist. Right. <laughs> uh, then she's like. I'm not even, like, scared of you. Like, getting kind of playful. Uh, and Edward's like, okay, yeah, I'll meet this energy. And he, like, jumps at her. Pounces. Yeah, he pounces at her. And they, like, land on the sofa. And then Alice comes in. Immediately walks in. Yeah, Edward just, like, puts Bella on his lap. And it's just, like, kind of awkward. Like, wow. Suddenly so casual. Like, they've been so awkward this whole time. I literally just wrote, how embarrassing. <laughs> like, can you imagine being Bella? Can you, like, it's already embarrassing to, like, sit on someone's lap. Uh-huh. And then to do so at 17. I know. Uh, in his bedroom. In his bedroom. Uh, and then his, his sister. Siblings. My skin crawls Ugh. thinking of it. And then they they finally suggest the baseball iconic. Um, we get a tiny hint of Jasper here. Um, and Bella says, Bella, who, again, the, basically the only character trait that we get from her for like three chapters is that she's clumsy. So obviously... She's not going to be interested in baseball. And she says, I found myself eager rather than scared stiff. And I was, I noted here, like, do you think that Jasper's power is manipulative? I think that his power is manipulative. And I think that we're going to see that a lot in the next section. Mm -hmm. But in this, I don't think it's Jasper manipulating her. I think that it's just like, she's going on a date with her boyfriend. And like, now she's being accepted by his family and it's exciting. Right. That's true. I mean, I do remember wondering at this point, like, why they play baseball. Like, there's so many other sports that you could play that are noisy. I don't know. Like, they could make their own game. Like, that's true. Be more creative. Like, (laughs) just, like, avoid the boulder. I don't know. (laughs) Baseball is also hard to play with a limited number of people. So, like, somebody must really like baseball or they would pick something where it doesn't matter as much how many people you have. Maybe that's part of the challenge. Right, like, maybe that's why they like baseball, is it's true. hard to play with hard the enough. number they have. That's true. Uh, but their response to vampires like baseball is just, it's the American pastime. <laughs> so there's really no effort to explain. God no. bless. <laughs> then, the game. Chapter 17. <clears throat> I feel like it is important at this moment to pause and think about Kristen Stewart's recent uh, Halloween appearance on like I want to say Jimmy Fallon maybe it was Kimmel I don't know she showed up as like a vampire baseball player how did I not know about this hang on let me find the photos (laughs) let me find the photos she like didn't like nobody talked about Twilight (laughs) nobody mentioned it the host was like you know what you're doing right and she was like yeah I love it oh my god (laughs) Um, okay. She's the most awkward person, and I love it. I love her. Oh, my her. God. 
Kristen? Oh, this is, like, not even, like, subtle. This is, like, she has blood on her shirt. Yeah. And they just, like, didn't even... They were just like, yep, that's, that's what I'm doing. Wow. Kristen. What a throwback. She's finally come into her own, and I'm so happy for her. Yeah. She I looks know. amazing. I watched an interview with her and Shia LaBeouf, and I literally did want to crawl out of my skin, so... <laughs> well, the combination... The combination was just yeah. too much. Macaulay Culkin's really doing well these days. That's great. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad for him. I've I'm seen so him in all those sock adverts. Oh. Did you just say adverts? <laughs> adverts. What are you, yeah. British? I just had to do it with sock adverts. <laughs> okay. I would like to amend my earlier statement because it seems like perhaps she's a softball player. That looks like a softball. That, that is a true. softball. Hmm. Um, either way, she looks amazing. It's great. She's wearing uh, a lock on a necklace, which is like... That was peak 2005, I mean, fashion, anyway. Absolutely. I mean, she's crushing it. Yeah. I had congratulations, so Kristen Stewart. Great job. We love you. Um, so before, there's, like, actually a long stretch before we get to the baseball game where we go back to Bella's house. And I noted that, um, so Jacob and Billy pull up and Edward calls Jacob a child. That was my worst sentence. <laughs> I, I, I wrote gross, comma, bad. And <laughs> I was, I immediately thought of Maya's comment forever ago about when he calls everybody in their class children. So again, he thinks of everybody around them, Bella's own age, as children mm-hmm. and inexplicably gets to just think of Bella in an adult sexual way. And I, ugh. It's nasty. It's nasty. Yeah. And I know, like, in 2000, like, 5, when she, it came out in 2007, right? 2005. This came out in 2005? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in, like, 2003, when she was actually writing it, like, maybe it just, like, didn't occur to her. Didn't occur to her. But in 2019, reading it, it's, like, very gross and <laughs> At the front of my mind that Edward sees these people as children, but not Bella. And Bella's response is, Jacob is not that much younger than I am. And he goes, oh, I know. With a grin. What the fuck? It's nasty. (laughs) I just wrote, ew. Ew. It's gross. I'm gonna continue to be Team Edward through Wallace. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Yes. But. Why are we like Because then Jacob falls in love with a baby. That's why. That's true. And Jacob forces himself on her at one point. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that we'll later. We'll get to it. It's not, They're all not problematic. Yet. Not yet. Jake is still Every single right one of these moment. people. Uh, and then he kisses her right in front of Billy and Jacob, and Billy like, looks just, like, stricken. He's like, <gasps> no. I was like, what a power move. Not the vampire. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Billy, he knows Edward's a vampire and is just as confused. Yeah. 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 Uh, and she goes inside, Billy and Jacob are there, and Billy is like, well, you know, I know things, and Bella's like, well, I know things too, and perhaps I even know more than you know. Sure. And Billy is like, you know what, you're right. You, <laughs> Maybe you, you might. Don't. Maybe. Billy is so smart. Yeah. Yes. And then Bella basically, like, kicks him out. Yeah. She's like, bye. And they, like, leave before Charlie even gets home. Yes. And Charlie never has to, like deal with this new information. Uh, then Jessica calls. More bad friend moment. Bella is too distracted to care about Mike kissing Jess, which, like, come on, just 
just pretend. pretend. Just yeah. pretend you're happy for her. Yeah. Like, I, we know that you're entering this, like, magical new world of... She's very distracted. Yeah. You have a lot going on. But, like, she's aware of it because she literally says, you know, or Jessica says, so what did you do yesterday, Jessica challenged? Still sounding bothered by my lack of attention. Right. Or maybe she was upset because I hadn't asked for any details. Yeah. Like, you know you're being shitty. If you, like, really can't hold space for your friend in that moment, it's okay. But just tell her. Be like, hey, I can't talk right now. I'm going on another day with Edward. And, like, why is she being so weird? Like, why is she not allowed to tell Jess that she's hanging out with Edward? Like, why she's is that? She's allowed to tell her that she's secretly, secretly dating, dating Edward? <laughs> yeah. But not, but that, not they're that they're actually, actually date. Like, why? I can't keep up with, like, why this is a secret. And, like, honestly, Just Jess, cause. Jess and Mike getting together is really great news for Bella. And she could at least be selfishly happy. Right. It's huge for Bella. <laughs> Like, this takes care of two of her problems that aren't problems. Which, really, she doesn't have that many problems no. at this point. And so these are two of them. Her life is <laughs> approaching perfection through this phone call, and she, she just doesn't happy. appreciate it. No. Nope. Uh, and then, very convenient for Bella, Charlie comes home, and Jess is like, oh, your dad's here. Okay, I'll see you later. Because <laughs> Jess is a good friend, and she's yeah. not going to wow. Uh And then she just, like, casually tells Charlie, like, yeah, so um, I'm gonna go on a date with Edward Cullen. Okay, that, that this comes. This is my best sense. <laughs> Quite what is it? Which one is Edwin? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a dad move. I know. <laughs> Which one is Edwin? She literally just said the name Edward <laughs> like twice, and so did he. Yeah. He says, you are going out with Edward Cullen, and then he says, which one is Edwin? And he's doing it on he's purpose. He's doing it on purpose. Yeah. He's such a dad. We love him. We stand. And then we also find out again that Edward has reddish hair. Yes, that's true. Uh, I circled this punctuation in that sentence, and it said, it makes me appreciate, like, the job of audiobook readers, because the sentence is, Edward is the youngest, the one with the reddish-brown hair. Clothes? Quote, quotation marks. The beautiful one, the godlike God. one. <laughs> like, how do you read that in an audiobook so that it doesn't sound like she's telling Charlie that he's beautiful and godlike? Edward is the youngest, the one with the reddish brown hair. The beautiful one, the godlike one. Oh, well, that's. He struggled better, I guess. I think there's some. Uh, Still some ambiguous. there. Still ambiguous. <laughs> I don't like the look of that big one. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice boy and, like, and all. Is this Edwin your boyfriend? Also, classic dad jump. Like, yeah. first, I mean, they are secretly slash really dating, but, like, the first time that you mention a boy to your father and he gets the name wrong, he's like, is he your boyfriend? <laughs> sort of, I guess, is her answer. <laughs> so she can tell her father, but not right. Jessica, that they're dating, kind of? Unclear the rules. It's, it's confusing to enter the vampire world. Then, the next page, Edward pulls up, and Charlie is like, leave the dishes, I can do them tonight. You baby, baby me too much. And I wrote, you let her! Yeah, but like, at least he acknowledges that she's doing a lot of chores that she does not need to be doing. Like, he's capable. I think he should take that acknowledgement and turn it into action. You're right. Be like, leave the dishes, and also in the future, continue to leave Always them. leave the dishes because you always cook dinner for no reason because you're 17. Yeah. <laughs> And then they finally meet. Yeah. It's such a good scene. <laughs> it's awkward in a really wonderful, like, gentle way. It's true. It's like, 
I hear you're getting my girl to watch baseball. Yes, sir. That's the plan. It's and, so pure. And Bella is just desperate to get to leave. I was yeah. just like, my favorite part I wrote, because Charlie laughed, and Edward joined in, and I just wrote, ha ha ha, men. They're <laughs> <laughs> so funny. God. Bella's sitting in just, like, terrible pain. Right. Okay. Uh, then they go out and they've borrowed Emmett's Jeep for the night and it's ginormous and there's an off-roading harness. to be strapped in. Sounds awful. So Charlie is like on the porch watching Bella get like strapped <laughs> into this and it's raining really hard so he can't really tell but still that means that he sees Edward go around to her side and just stand there for a long time. a long time. time strapping her in like a baby. Yeah. And he like the um Stephanie tries to just kind of shrug off the fact that they're playing baseball in the rain that it's like a thing that people do in the pacific northwest but i think that's so weird like yeah. it's raining why are you do something else why are Bella you playing baseball? says like only in forks would the rain not matter and it's like i think it would still matter like no matter if it's raining all the time why would you play when it's actively storming uh listeners if you are from the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> please write in and tell us, like, what actually happens. Are you like, yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Or are you like, yeah, that's messed up? <laughs> Don't know. Let us know. Uh, then they drive, like, near where they're going to be playing baseball, but not actually there. Uh, they go to the clearing. This is really an iconic scene in the movie. I really think that the use of that Muse song during this scene just changed everything. No, I don't remember that. I mean, I, I watched the movie once. Okay, I'm literally going to pull you. this scene up. And you're going to see how the music affects <laughs> this. Because we haven't talked about the Twilight soundtrack, I don't think. It's spectacular. But it's such a part of my experience of Twilight. I listen to the soundtrack. I know, like, every word on the soundtrack oh, yeah. because it's... Great. I was already out of Twilight Great when the movie music. came out. So, like, you were an early adopter and, like, one of the first to jump ship. Yes. Exactly. Calm as a scene, though. Okay. I was right. Oh, okay, yeah, I do remember this. I do remember this. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah. Emmett is, like, punching the air. <laughs> so much better because of this music song. Like... Such drama. Catherine Hardwick is amazing. So good. I mean, it's just so much more dramatic with the music. And to be perfectly honest, I found it very difficult to imagine them playing baseball. Like, they're all, like, running super... I mean, they're hard to imagine... They're hard to imagine all the time because they're doing human things inhumanly. So, like, imagining somebody running really fast is, like, kind of awkward to imagine. And then they're just, like, like, you're trying to figure out, like, okay, so, like, somebody hits the ball really far and then they run really fast to get it, but also run really fast around the bases. Like, is this really, like, adding up to a thing that looks like baseball? I can't tell. I think, <laughs> I think that's one of the things that the movie does better than the book because it is like such a visual scene. Right. That like seeing it in the book, 
when Alice is pitching, she just stands really still and just her wrist like flicks out. Yeah. And that's Which is like, like not, awkward. Yeah. But in the movie, it's like Rosalie pitching, right? And her no, leg it's Alice. No, that's Alice. Oh, it's still Alice. Alice's leg goes like up into the sky, like up towards her head in this dramatic wind up. And the amazing. music makes it way cooler. It when, like, without the music, I think it would still be visually awkward. But they just cut it together so well. And the music uh, is so great. Like, honestly, I think that the scene is like a little stupid, but somehow it's yeah, amazing. It is. Yeah, because this is the part that, like, reading... Okay, so before we were, like, making fun, because there's, like, no <laughs> plot, but the plot is going to pick up at, like, the end of this chapter, and it's not as fun. No! no it is not as fun as, like, the plotless romantic entanglements, but in the movie, it's a delight. And the ba- well, but the baseball also is, like, our last taste of, like... Silly Fun vampire times. things. Like, we should be getting to know how vampires are really intense, like, with things happening. But I guess you need a preview. So this is, like, our preview of, like, here's what their actual powers really look like in a non-serious situation. That's true. And she Excellent picked baseball. baseball. <laughs> I want to draw our attention to the top of 366 since we're talking about the movies. Uh, as we know, Robert Pattinson has very little... Uh, love for Edward Cullen, the character. <laughs> uh, he loves the Twilight series and what it's done for his life. Yes. But, you know, he loves to make fun of it. He knows it's ridiculous. Uh, and I read an interview one time where he was, like, describing how he decided to play Edward. And he was like, oh, you know, I read the book and I thought this guy just hates himself <laughs> so much. So I decided to play it like I hate myself. And this is where Edward says... My very existent existence put you at risk. Sometimes I truly hate myself. And I wrote our pats. Because it's like, he just zeroed he in on that line. Yeah. And it's very true. Like, I was talking before about, like, the inner struggle that Edward has through this whole book. Like, that is a big part of Edward's experience of this whole situation. So really, Robert was right. But they were trying to make a rom-com. <laughs> so they were like, okay, but you can't be miserable at every moment. <laughs> Do we think that the first movie is better than the others? Because I think, oh, yes. yes. Because they tried to make a rom-com. Completely. It's because they fired Catherine Hardwick. Yeah. They hired... Catherine Hardwick knew what we wanted. Yes. It was fun times. Yes. But, like, with the right aesthetic, it's the only movie with the blue tint, and... I mean, to be fair to all of them, does the source material really hold up? I argue no. But... They hired a woman to make this movie because they were like, yeah, whatever. This is like a best-selling book for tweens. I guess we should make a movie out of it. girls. Yeah. And then it made a bajillion dollars and they took it away from her and gave it to a man and they fucked it up. Yeah. Which is a very common thing to happen with movies. The first one is directed by a badass woman and then they mess up the later ones. Ugh. Ugh. I haven't seen the later ones either. We're going to show you. Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> and you'll discover that the first one is the is best, the best <laughs> one. Great. <laughs> uh, during this scene, everyone is just like really chill with Bella, except for Rosalie, who, you know, has an attitude. But like Emmett is like palling around with her. She and Esme are like 
just like having a grand old time. Well, it's really fun to live in this moment. Yeah, and also Esme describes her backstory. She, we really get them all at once. It's true. Um, we find out that she tried to kill herself over her losing a baby. Like in the middle of this very like fun scene, we get this very serious backstory from Esme, who's like. Very capable of just talking there, about it. Your tone was kind of like, like she tried to kill herself just because she lost some dumb. Baby. No, that's not what I meant. That's what I like, thought. No, it was a very tragic thing that I happened. I know that's not what you meant. It's just so sad. I'm sorry. It was me trying to deal with the tonal shift of this scene, and I like could not accurately do it. Killed herself over a no, baby. No, it was like her stupid <laughs> baby. A very tragic thing, and she just like brings it up, and it's like, yeah, Carlisle doesn't tell people. No, Edward doesn't tell people all the details because he's trying to be nice to me. But like, that's what I did. Yeah, she's like, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just the truth. Uh, and then there's a really sweet moment where Bella's like, so you don't mind that yeah. I'm literally the opposite of what makes sense? Yeah, for a partner for him, and she's like, and she says, no, you're what he wants. I drew a heart. Yeah. It will work out somehow. She's right. It will. And we don't get much Esme in this book, but we get some, like, really nice poignant. Like, she's she's probably the most... I mean, maybe because she's the mother figure. She's, like, very welcoming. The other welcoming one is Alice, but in much more of a, like, friendy way. And Esme is just, like, benevolently, like, you're here now. We're so glad. Yeah. I feel like it takes very few lines to really like, draw Esme in this, like, well-rounded, beautiful way. Yeah. Then they actually play the game. Edward, Whatever. like, catches stuff. Baseball, sure, okay. Uh, <laughs> Bella is like, I'm never gonna be able to sit through dull old Major League Baseball again. She's like, fuck Phil. As if, as if she ever did before. Yeah. Phil's not even in the Major League. No. Yeah, it's his minor league, so it's like she's really not watching those. <laughs> like, come on. Once a year, just for your stepdad. Just watch the game. Um, but then something changes. <gasps> what changes? <sighs> uh, they hear vampires. Nope. Alice has a vision. I guess they see. Edward and Alice combined realize. Realize that vampires are on okay. their way. The plot picks up in this moment. And the more the plot picks up, really, just like the more your enjoyment of the book kind of drops <laughs> precipitously. <laughs> so weird because we complained we whined so much about there not being plot like so much but at the same time as we were whining we were saying but we loved it yeah <laughs> but we loved it's it it's the good part i just i am really stuck on the fact that we have these three like really badass like mean murdery vampires and they just like hear baseball being played and they're like we want to get in on that <laughs> i mean i think they hear sounds that are clearly not human I don't think they, like, literally show up and are like... Alice says, like, or Edward, I don't know, whoever clairvoyantly got this information. They're running. They want to play. Like, (laughs) maybe they want to play? Maybe it's like a sarcastic play. I'm just like... I think think they, like, sense that it's vampire baseball. Right. Exactly. But, like, can you imagine James being like, okay, pitch me the ball now. (laughs) No. Maybe maybe Laurent 
wanted to play baseball. I mean, let's get there. Okay. Or Victoria. Like, we I just, don't know anything about I just Victoria. try to imagine the scene had Bella not been there and, like, oh, they joined right. in. Right. <laughs> play some baseball. Okay, so they do show up. We actually meet them. Their names are Laurent and Victoria and James. And Laurent is kind of, like, out front. And immediately, uh, Laurent is, like, he does say, we thought we heard a game. Um... And he does see, he does ask he asks about the game. Right? Yes. Do you have room for a few more players? I mean, okay. So you're three vampires who have been just like killing humans and hanging around. They don't seem like a fun close right. bunch. They're so very murdery. Like, oh my god, there's vampires here, and they're so cool that they play baseball together. Like we should maybe go they're jealous. Them. They're like, oh, we we don't do anything. We don't do fun stuff. Ever do fun stuff. I think that's Laurent's sort of vibe here. He's like, I want to do fun stuff. Like, yeah. who are these people? And Laurent is the one who's like genuinely curious. Right. He's like a little bit confused. He's like, he finds out that they ha- that they live there permanently, and he's like, how do you how do you what? manage that? And there's honest curiosity in his voice. Like he's just like here. He's like, man, I thought we were just playing baseball. He's here for a good time. Uh, the woman, however, Victoria, is constantly described as wild. She's just, like, this, like, wild feline presence. With, like, crazy red hair. Yeah. Honestly? And that's pretty much all we know. I stand. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into her. Um, yeah, and James and Victoria are just standing back being, like, creepy. Yeah, and I mean... Then they... Smell her, I and guess. then they finally smell Bella and are like, "What? Because the you wind doing? shifts." All right, and they she let down her hair. The idiot. That daughter can't be how smelling works. <laughs> yeah, but it just very focuses on her hair. On her hair. How it stirring took it the down. breeze. Right, the breeze came in the movie uh, when she walks into biology class for the first time, and that fan goes oh, yeah. by. <laughs> Fucking. Fan. Because you have to like make smell visual right. somehow. Right. Right. There's no other way to do it. There's no other way. But like, if they're this good at hunting, they're gonna know right away. Yeah, they should have already smelled hers. Anyways, so then Edward gets all defensive, and Laurent is like, What's "You going brought on? a snack. Like, why is she here? What do you mean she's with you? That doesn't make any sense." It's but, very disrespectful the way they talk about Bella. Right. She's yeah. right there. But she's human, so she's not, like, a so full entity. So she's insignificant. Yeah. Um, and Laurent continues to be willing to, like, not murder humans around here and come back and chat and understand what's going on. But James is looking real aggressive. Yeah. James is bringing the noise already. Uh, they extricate themselves from this situation. Carlisle's like, why don't you come to our home and we'll talk about it. Edward, why don't you and Bella just mosey on? <laughs> uh, so they run off with Emma and Alice, and things really pick up. We see Edward be, like, very scared and in control and dismissive and trying to figure out what to do. Very gross, but I was into it as a teenager. Mm. Agreed. Nasty. <laughs> kind of hot. Yeah. But bad and rough. But bad. <laughs> but, like, bad? <laughs> and also, like, bad. Bad. <laughs> Bad in both senses of the word. <laughs> Bella says, 
um, that they can't just take her away. They can't just whisk her away because Charlie will notice and Charlie will call the FBI. They'll be all over your family. Carlisle and Esme, they'll have to leave to hide forever. And Edward says, calm down, Bella. We've been there before. And I, I can't tell. What the fuck? I can't tell if he means just leaving suddenly from a place or if he means like the, the FBI. FBI. <laughs> I think he means the FBI. <laughs> they'll I be all know. over your family. They'll have to leave to hide forever, forever from the FBI. We've been there before. What did they do? Another thing that we just never get to learn yeah, about. No. Like, is it like one of the times that like one of them slipped up and killed someone? Must have been. Did, did it like, was suspicion cast upon the Cullens? Because if and so, were they going by Cullen? I was just, just thinking that. Like, they seem to be using the same, they never talk about changing their names. Like, that's that a bad strategy. Broke into the FBI and like erased. changed some records or like yeah like none of them have the power to like. I'm sure they have an inside man in the FBI. They have the money. They, they have the money to pay whatever. off the FBI. That's exactly. true. But none of them have powers that involve like charming people or making people forget things. Like they can't change what people know about them. Yeah. They just run. We just blow right past blow that right unbelievable it. detail of information. <laughs> and it right doesn't come it. up anywhere in the series nope. later. <laughs> and it just gets better and better. Because I'm just going to skip the next section just for a moment. They're like in the car. They decide to go to plans. Bella's house. When they finally get back to Edward's house, Esme like presses a button on the <laughs> yes! wall and like metal comes down That's the next section. The <laughs> Sorry, sorry, okay. But just, like, they clearly have, like, some kind of huge, like, they're, orchestra. Right. They're prepared. Yeah. They are prepared. And they, like, are very quick to start making these plans of, like, okay, you lead him there and you lead him there and then we'll save, we'll save Bella this way and blah, blah, blah. Like, they, they do know what they're doing. Yeah. But I'm just very curious about, like, what... So, like, the plan that they make in the moment makes a lot of sense. But why do they have so many other preparations? Like, backpack. We'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, they are vampires. Like, they have been in... They've definitely been in some scrapes. and under suspicion. <laughs> some scrapes. Yeah. And I want to point out that... Um, I didn't remember that the plan that they go with is Bella's plan. Oh, yeah. Like, she actually does come up with this whole situation. The best plan. It is yeah. the best plan. She's very clever. And we don't talk about that when we're, like, talking about Bella as a person and just, like, the discourse. Right. People don't give her her due whatsoever. No, she takes a lot of agency here. And Edward is, like, so distracted and scared that he kind of can't come up with a good plan. And she's, like, pretty logical about the whole thing. Even though she has never been in mortal danger before. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Emmett is like, oh, she, like, has good ideas. And he's, <laughs> Like, kind of surprised, and she's insulting. It's very insulting. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It really is just, like, like, Bella rises to the occasion. She does. And she formulates the plan where um, she cannot go with Edward, because that is what the tracker so will smart. assume she's going to do. And so she makes a plan to leave with Alice, and Alice volunteers Jasper. Which is extremely brave. Uh, Bella is taken home because she's also thinking about Charlie. She's like, she, oh, and she's the one really formulating like, okay, but t- 
top priority is getting them away from Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. She's the only one that has, like, the foresight to think about, like, the other people in her life. I know, yeah. Uh, their inability, like, Edward and, like, the other Cullen's inability to think about, like, anything outside of just Bella means that their plans aren't as good as hers. So it was love that made her the most powerful. That's true. Amen. Amen. That's true. It was love. But that's also the moral of Harry Potter. <laughs> um, so that's the end that's of this the section. End. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to do best sentence, worst sentence? I think we yeah, do. I mean, I, they definitely came up already for me, but like, let's just recap. Yep. I read my worst. It's Edward being really condescending about Bella finally asking questions. I'm going to read my best. Uh, she's describing these new vampires, their eyes. She Mm -hmm. says, their eyes were different too. Not the gold or black I had come to expect, but a deep burgundy color that was disturbing and sinister. That is such a great way of describing red eyes without it seeming, like, cartoonish. Pokey, that's true. You know? Like, disturbing, sinister, a deep burgundy. Great job, Stephanie Meyer. True. Um, my worst sentence was... Talking about Jacob as a child. Oh, yeah. So. Already covered it. Already covered that. Oh, yeah. And my favorite, my best sentence was Edwin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite sentence is when uh, they're talking about how, so Bella's plan also involves them running away to Phoenix, just because it's a place that's unexpected that she knows. And Edward asks Alice, what are you going to do in Phoenix? And she just says, stay indoors. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. That's just like an accurate description. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's What do you want me to say? I'm going to stay inside. (laughs) Great. I think I'm going to say my worst sentence is, we've been there before, referring to the FBI. It is too vague. Leaves too much to interpretation. Yes. It's bad. That's fair. It's bad. Why not just say, calm down, Bella. We have started over before. Sure. It, I mean, yeah. that could be what he's saying, but it's unclear because she brought up the FBI. So right. how do you not engage right. with the FBI? Right. Just mention that. Thank you, listeners, for being listeners. Yes. Uh, we're so glad you're here. Next week, we'll be reading chapters 19 through 21. If you like our podcast, rate and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Um, if you don't like our podcast, you can still give us a five-star rating, and you can still subscribe. <laughs> That's true. We'd appreciate it. You could do that. It's the holidays. Uh, you can follow us at Twilight underscore Phase on Twitter and Insta, and Twilight Phase Podcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight Universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Maya Marlette. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian. We will be back. <laughs>